0: Welcome back, church family. Happy Monday. Yesterday when we gathered in church, we um, continued to study the life and the work of Christ. We're in a theology series right now, and I hope that our podcast serves you well as you are scattered on another week of God's mission. Our guest today is Matt Fondren. Again, Matt, thanks for being with us. Hey, Ben. Welcome. So, Matt, what are we talking about today?
1: So, we've come to the line in the Apostles' Creed where it says that uh, Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate. And so, um, interesting guy. Uh, he's a good guy in some people's eyes. The bad guy in, in, in some other people's eyes. And so, it um, be interesting to uh, see what the gospel say and maybe some other historians uh, say about this guy and his uh, interesting interaction with Jesus. So, if you're
0: new to your New Testament and the story of the life of Jesus Christ, um, I'll give you a quick orientation, and then Matt can help us walk through this guy, Pontius Pilate. So... When you read about the arrest and the crucifixion of Jesus, Pontius Pilate is the Roman official. He's like the governor who oversees Judea and he's in Jerusalem right now for the, for the feast of the Passover well he's the guy who has the Roman authority to crucify Jesus and so he oversees part of the trials that convicted Jesus and he's the man that had the final authority to say okay, we're going to have Jesus crucified so that's his role forever in the story of the life and death of Jesus Christ
1: Right, uh, and you, know, you think about his job, his job is to hold down a uh, a people with a reputation of being a rebellious people. Yep. And so uh, he's a tough guy. And um, we see he's also sometimes gets mixed up in probably things that he doesn't want to have anything to do with, religious quarrels. And so uh, at first, this probably seems like uh, when we get to the point where Jesus is brought before him, this is something that is meaningless to him. This is this is. What the Jews are worried about and has nothing to do. And for him, the bottom line is he needs to be a successful governor. He needs to keep the peace. Keep the peace. That's right. Just an interruption to his mission. Let's get these religious fanatics satisfied and deal with, you know, whatever this, you know, recent uprising is about some religious disagreement. And then we'll move on and we'll keep uh, doing what Rome wants to do, which is keep the peace in this little uh, scrap of land. So let's read a little bit about the biblical narrative surrounding uh, Pontius Pilate. We'll be reading John chapter 18, verse 28, and some other things too. Okay. Um, Then the Jews led Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, the Jews did not enter the palace. They wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not
0: have handed him over to you. Pilate said, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to
1: fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea? Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Hmm. Am I a Jew? Pilate replied, it was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it to you? What is it you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were,
0: my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is
1: from another place. You are a king then, Pilate said. Jesus answered, you are right in saying I am a king. In fact, For this reason I was born, and for this reason I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? retorted Pilate.
0: With this he went out again to the Jews gathered there, and he said, I find no basis for a charge against him, but it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted
1: back, no, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now Barabbas had taken part in a rebellion. And so if you keep reading
0: in John 19 or any other of the gospel stories, you'll find that Pilate seems to be convinced that Jesus is not guilty or at least is not significant. I mean, he claims to be a king, maybe, but a king of some spiritual kingdom that that's not a threat to right. his own kingdom. It seems like he wants... It seems like he wants to vindicate Jesus and allow him to
1: go just with the flogging and be free. I think so. Uh, we do know this isn't the first time there's uh been a leader rise up, right, and there's been some jealousy, oh, yeah. there's always conflict of uh I'm not so so sure how familiar Pilate is with the idea of the Messiah, right. Do you think he's heard the rumors of this? You
0: know, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I know Pilate started leading in twenty six, and we're somewhere around the year thirty. So Pilate's been there for four years. How familiar he is with the customs, I don't know. Because he normally led, he normally governed from a city called Caesarea Maritima. Um, in other words, he was on the coast. He was only right. in Jerusalem for business, or in this case, to, to oversee the Passover to make sure there were no uprisings. So right. I don't know how familiar he was probably with a general concept that these these people hold on to a hope of a Messiah right. you know, of the line of David, but probably very unfamiliar with specific, uh, prophecies or passages.
1: I would think that's my guess. Maybe so. I, I've wondered that before, uh, but to him, this is kind of, I, I get this impression of this is below him and below, uh, below Rome. This is just kind of a little local superstitious religious squabble, uh, that for political reasons he would just like to uh, sweep under the rug and uh, keep things moving peacefully. Okay, so
0: so Pilate has basically said, "I don't see anything wrong with the guy." Here's an interesting turn of events in Matthew's gospel, in Matthew chapter 27, verse 19. The scripture says this, while he was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent Mm. him this message. Do not have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. Okay, so he doesn't think, according to what he understands to be justice and a fair trial, he doesn't think Jesus is guilty. His wife has a dream and warns him uh, about Jesus. But yet he persists. Like, we know how the story ends. He's going to hand Jesus over for crucifixion. Now, I mean, he goes through this scene where he washes his hands, and he said, I don't think he's guilty. I'm washing my hand of this man's blood. But he caves into the pressure. And I just want to acknowledge, uh, historically, a couple of reasons that he probably felt some pressure. So in the ten years that Pilate governed, and half of them, roughly, were before this moment, and then their their years after this moment, he had not been squeaky clean. some people think that he was under some pressure from Rome that he might lose uh, his governorship his his position. Mm-hmm. A couple of things that had happened in in uh, Luke in Luke's gospel in Luke chapter 13 verse one. We have no idea what Jesus is specifically referring to, but Jesus talks about an episode where uh, a group of Galileans were going to make sacrifices and their blood was mingled with their sacrifices by Pilate. In other words, Pilate, for whatever reason, stopped this group of worshipers. and and who knows, maybe they were rebels, you know, that were uh, religiously motivated, but but Pilate slaughtered them, and their blood was mixed with their sacrifices. <clears throat> A couple other examples: um, he brought Roman standards into the city of Jerusalem, and you know, the Roman standards were these flags that the armies took out with them to identify the legion that they fought with, and they would have had I- images on them, uh, which would cause which would have caused problems for uh, faithful Jews because for them, that would be a violation of the second commandment, that you shouldn't have any images and certainly not to bring them into the holy city uh, of Jerusalem. And they protested, but he said he would have to put them to death, that he was not going to remove the standards. An amazing account, this is in Josephus' Antiquities of the Jews, chapter 8, book 18, if you want to look it up. The, The Jewish elders just stuck their necks out and assumed a posture of submission and humility and essentially said, cut our heads off, we're willing to die, but we cannot let the temple be defiled. Mm. Well, surprisingly, um, Pilate relented. Another example is he needed to build an aqueduct in Jerusalem, and so to fund it, he took money out of the temple treasury, money that was devoted to God, and honestly, that, you know, that Created some friction, so there was a small right. riot. Well, to deal with the riot, uh, Pilate had some of his guys disguised in normal people's clothing and surrounding the crowd with daggers uh, hidden under their garments. And when he gave the when he gave the signal. You know, they, they opened an assault against all the protesters. Um, there's also an, an episode where Pilate slew a group of Samaritans that went to Mount Gerizim. They were looking for uh, sacred vessels that they believed that Moses had hidden and um, or that some would say Jeremiah had hidden, but sacred vessels of the Jews. Right. And when he heard about that, he, he suspected that that was connected to um, a religious uprising, and so he slaughtered them. So... Some people identify episodes like that to say Pilate was typically a strong-handed leader, um, often violent, and that maybe he had was under a lot of pressure that hey, you know mm-hmm. one more bad episode, you know if the people are unhappy again, he might have been in jeopardy. I don't know if that was true or not because he governed for for ten years and he governed for several years after Jesus. But that's who he was politically. And then we come to these episodes in the Gospels. And he believes that Jesus is innocent. His wife warns him, um, I guess, a, what, what we might call a semi-fair inquisition, a fair trial. Mm-hmm. Um, an attempt at justice for him yields innocence. And yet he goes forward with the crucifixion.
1: And, and we do see, reading these verses, though, if, you, if Pilate had a choice... This would not even been brought to him. That's right, because he's not breaking breaking in his mind Roman laws. That's right. He, he's breaking these religious laws, and so he would rather them deal with it themselves. Uh, but they are persisting that he uh, take up the matter. And the one thing that could cause problems is is he claiming to be a king that could pull allegiance away from Caesar. Now that's something that would be a little bit sticky. Right. Now that's in, that's more than just a religious, you know, statement. That is. A loyalty to Caesar, a descendant of King David,
0: and and the people are crazy about him, right? And in John's Gospel, after the resurrection of Lazarus in chapter eleven, um, the the religious leaders of the Jews even say. If we allow this to continue, Rome is going to come and take, take away, away our place. place and our name, in other words, take away our identity as an as a people who have some sense of independence, even though they're they're governed by Rome we're able to worship as we see fit we're able to go to the temple, we have a few privileges mm-hmm. uh, we're able to avoid Roman idolatry if we choose to you know we're not forced to worship Roman gods, and they're afraid that if the people continue in their fervor about Jesus. Uh, that Rome is going to be concerned about that and come and take away their independence. Let's not upset this good deal that we have, because it could be a lot worse. Right on. And so... If you want to be a little sympathetic to Pilate, you could be, but here's how I want to apply this for our church. So we're all scattered on mission this week, and here's this one figure that had lots of leadership, lots of authority that was given to him, and he found himself in a pressure cooker. He was convinced in his heart that Jesus was innocent, washed his hands of his blood, um, or so he said. His wife warned him, and even the law warned him, but he went ahead and caved in to the pressure to conform to the desires either of the mob in front of him or Rome who existed in the back of his mind, you know? Mm. And I guess the, the what I'd like to do with, with this character for Pilate is number one, I want to I want to appreciate the role he played in the crucifixion of Jesus. But number two, I want to encourage our church. We feel pressure. We feel pressure to conform to the expectations of our peers, our coworkers, our friends, our classmates. We feel pressure to conform to expectations that people have for us. And there are moments when we believe that we know what is the truth, what is right, what is good, what God wants. And yet we feel a terrific pressure to do something different. And I just want to use the story of Pilate to encourage everybody as we worship King Jesus, uh, let's represent him well and let's not cave into the pressures that we feel all around us. Good work. Hey, thanks for being with us, man.